This is Dr. Paul Sachs. I'm the editor-in-chief of Open Forum Infectious Disease. And today I'm really thrilled to be joined by Dr. Elise Worsell. She is an assistant professor in the Division of Geographic Medicine and Infectious Diseases at Tufts Medical Center. And she's an ID doctor who has chosen to further specialize to focus on the infectious complications of addiction. Uh, Elise, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for asking me to be interviewed. So why don't you start by just telling me a little bit about yourself. First, why did you decide to go into ID? And then we can get into that special area of interest that you have. So why ID? I mean, I was the kind of kid that always knew I wanted to be a doctor. And I went into undergrad, starting out the bio and chemistry route, but I just didn't like the classes that much. So I started taking sociology classes. I ended up being a sociology major. And during college, I worked on HIV research. I ended up doing actually my senior thesis on interviewing HIV positive women about their experience as mothers. And what I really loved about infectious diseases is that you have the medical aspect, the pathophysiology, the under the microscope, but you also have a really important social aspect, uh, the social determinants of health. And I like the intersection between the two. And so that's sort of what got me on this pathway. Sounds like orthopedic surgery was not a close second. No, no, I, I suffered through that rotation in medical school. <laughs> so, so now, uh, moving on, you yes. became, became an ID doctor, and yes. then now you have chosen to focus on this very challenging area, very relevant area to the current era, the infectious complications of addiction. What drew you to this problem? Um, I did residency at Mass General Hospital, and some of the most memorable cases were these patients who came in with a history of injection drug use and had endocarditis. And as they spent a lot of time in the hospital, we would get pretty close with each other. And then we kind of sent them out the doors like a little bird to fly. And they'd often come back. What you realized after a while is the infrastructure that was supposed to take care of them after they got treated for their infective endocarditis, it just wasn't there. I mean, the um, addiction services, the ways to keep them from coming back with prosthetic valve endocarditis, it just wasn't working. So I took care of a few people who ended up dying from endocarditis after having several valves. And it was a very frustrating process. And so that's why I wanted to get more involved, especially in addiction-related infectious diseases. You know, one thing I always tell medical students is choose an area of medicine that hasn't already been solved. And boy, did you choose an area that hasn't been solved. This is really, really challenging, but you must find it gratifying too, or else you wouldn't do it. What do you enjoy about it? Sometimes for patients with a history of injection drug use, they've had really negative experiences with a lot of people, um, either from a history of abuse growing up or just bad interactions with medical providers. So one of the gratifying things I find or one of the ways I challenge myself is to say, how can I win this person over? How can I show them that we care? And so I try to go into the room and say, I know you've probably felt um, disrespected in the past and judged. And that's not my goal, taking care of you. My goal is to help you feel better and to respect you and not be judgmental. Sometimes those words win them over. There are people 
who can, after an infection related to injection drug use, feel like that was a place I never want to be again. And they're motivated to try to live a life where they can reconnect with their family and live a quality life. I think there are people who can respond, especially when they're shown that people care about them. So that's what I find uh, rewarding about the job. Well, I think it's really impressive that you're able to do that because so many providers have the exact opposite response. And so I was wondering, in your work, how do you deal with doctors, nurses, others who are reluctant to care for people with addiction or spend most of the time with the blame game? I'm going to first touch on nurses because I think as physicians, we don't understand the impact that a lot of these patients have on nurses. We put the order for the pain medicine in, and then we kind of leave and do other things. But it is the nurse responding to the persistent call bell. It is the nurse who's the face of medicine a lot of times. So I do see nurses get frustrated and sometimes even angry at the patients, especially when they're younger. And sometimes the nurses have come from communities with addiction. They say, why can't you just snap out of it? Why are you doing this to yourself? So the nurses are one thing, and I try to remind them that this is a disease, this is a chronic illness, the diabetic who keeps on coming in for not taking their insulin, we take care of, and so that's the same for this patient. With the physicians, it's a little bit different. I mean, as an infectious diseases doctor, I went into this profession knowing that that's the population I want to take care of. I think some of the surgical specialties lately have been overwhelmed by this patient population. This was not necessarily why they wanted to do surgery. They do surgery, they clean out a joint, they put in a pristine valve, and then off the patient goes, and sometimes they take offense to the fact that the patient has injected and not stayed adherent to the treatment plan. I think surgical colleagues are excellent doctors as well, and we just have to try to get them on the thought process of the diabetic, of the smoker, of the person that may have a higher weight, behavioral components, and try to convince them that this is not a moral failing. Years and years of neurobiology research shows that a rat will continue to like chew off its tail in order to get heroin or crack cocaine. So this is not something that can be overcome just by goodwill and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. This is a neuropathophysiological disease. I agree. Nonetheless, as you know, in our society, we tend to separate things from the physical and the mental. And so the diabetes is considered a physical problem. Lung cancer is a physical problem. Both may be related to behaviors, but addiction is thought to be a mental problem. And there's this false dichotomy that really makes people very judgmental. I do have a question about some of your research. You published a paper in our journal, Open Form Infectious Diseases, that was very interesting about the changing epidemiology of endocarditis in the current era. You want to summarize some of your findings for us? What's going on now and what do you predict for the future? Anecdotally, I think in Boston, at least a lot of infectious diseases providers and cardiovascular surgeons had just noticed that the age was changing in the people presenting with infective endocarditis. And so using that hypothesis, we used administrative claims database looking at trends in age and race and gender in people who are admitted to the hospital with infective endocarditis. And with the caveat that a lot of this stuff was done with administrative claims data, so based on billing codes and definitely not a perfect study we found that the number of endocarditis cases 
in the hospital was overall stable, but the percentage that was injection drug use related, especially in the younger population, so populations from 15 to 34, was increasing dramatically, especially since 2009. And also, we found it more increasing dramatically in uh, whites and, and women. And I think that's been shown in other things like skin and soft tissue infections. It's just a call that the demographics are changing, and for some reason, we are seeing more young people who are getting injection drug use related infections. Yeah, it's really interesting when you go to our medical wards now and you see the ages of the people admitted with infectious complications that age has dropped dramatically. And one other thing I've noticed is, you know, names are popular or unpopular at certain eras, but there are certain names that you didn't used to see in the hospital for infections. They're young person names, you know, things like Megan and Christy and the like. It's become almost like you see that name and you think, oh no, it's another person with a injection drug use related infection. One thing related to this is hepatitis C and, and in particular HIV are always linked with injection drug use complications, and yet the bacterial infections that we've been talking about, the endocarditis and the osteomyelitis and the soft tissue infections, they're much more immediately life-threatening. I wonder how we can get that message across to people. Yeah, it is interesting. I wonder if there's a social network method, because for people who are older and more experienced and in their 50s and had a history of injection drug use that led to or that was related to infection with HIV or hep C, and you talk to them, when they were injecting, there was an element of social network where people would talk about, oh, this is a safe way to inject, and this is not a safe way to inject. And I think harm reduction is the key. Um, I don't think that skin and soft tissue infections necessarily have to happen from heroin injection if they're done safely. What does that mean? It means washing your hands before using drugs has been shown to decrease skin and soft tissue infections, using alcohol swabs before injecting drugs. So if, if there's a way to encourage harm reduction strategies, new needles, that kind of thing, I think we can impact the epidemic in terms of bacterial uh, infections from injection drug use, why it doesn't have a ribbon or a parade (laughs) or an awareness day, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I had a patient who was admitted to the hospital with life-threatening staph aureus endocarditis, and the one thing that made her most upset was to hear that her hepatitis C test was positive, which was kind of shocking because she was facing a much more challenging problem with her endocarditis than with hepatitis C. I'm going to go on and ask you a question about your own personal response to this. I mean, this can be very emotionally draining work. uh, And I was just wondering, how do you manage I've been struggling a little bit lately. The day a week, I walk over from Tufts Medical Center to one of the jails, and the walk goes by the quote-unquote methadone mile. In my clinical practice and even in the outside, I've been it's been very sad. It's just been terribly sad. And I have two young kids, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and I wonder what's in store for all of us because the more I learn about opioid, it's not about parenting. It's not about education. It's a multitude of factors. So I actually sought out counsel from some mentors at Tufts, and I've been writing a lot. I've been listening to a lot of 80s music. I have no idea why, but somehow Pat Benatar takes me to a good place. It takes me to like a roller skating rink back in Binghamton, New York when I was eight. But I've been trying to get outside the hospital and do things with my family as much as possible because taking care of this population is very sad and all-consuming, and you can sometimes lose sight that there is happiness and there is joy in the world. It's only recently 
that I even recognized that it was impacting me that much. And I'm really appreciative of a lot of my mentors for saying, just focus on yourself, breathe a little bit, take some time away so you can be a better doctor when you're in the hospital. Well, Elise, uh, I have to say you do incredibly impressive work, and, and I'm so glad that we could chat today. So this is uh, Paul Sachs, and I've been talking with Dr. Elise Forcell, assistant professor in the Division of Geographic Medicine and Infectious Diseases at Tufts Medical Center. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much.